Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, the deuce, it's funny. It's like, it's like hard to even say what's happening, you know, they're, yeah. what they're seeing, you know, like it's such a slow burn so far. Not in the second episode, it was quite good, yeah. but it's like so hard to speculate at this point. It's like, they're so happy to just set up everything. Yeah. And move. Like set up. Yeah. Like there's no... I don't know, I feel like like what what what's going to drive this after in in the middle in act 2, you know? Yeah. It's, it seems like they want to build to something, but it's hard to tell what yet. Eden and I were talking last week about how that was the first time that was the first show she joined us for. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah so like a year it ago. It's like our anniversary basically. I know, <laughs> I love deuce. it. <laughs> <laughs> was it a year ago or was it less than a year ago it was, i feel like this came back it was back barely a year ago because i started after the new york show which was in october so it must have been late like mid to late but october I think that was like yeah. halfway through the season though yeah it was like i hopped on halfway through the season because i remember yeah, i had to like i think it came out up. at the exact same time because i think yeah. all three of them have come out at the same time i thought there was a delay between the first two like longer than a year, but man, it's so hard to keep track of all this stuff. What, um, this all began with Westworld, Maze? Yeah, Westworld was Yumi and Tom, and that was like, begin, like February of last year, 2018. Wow. Wow. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. <laughs> it's on the other feed. I know that. It's hard so. to remember. Right, right. That was already season two, right? That was season two of Westworld, okay. yeah. Yeah. We we weren't even close to, to being ready for season one. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then after Westworld, I think it was uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. For oh, sure. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't well, remember if there was anything back? in between that. Better Call? Well, they got the movie coming out. Yeah, on that's breaking bad though. But it's the same, same production universe. team. Yeah, you know, I, so. I know, I know. <laughs> that doesn't mean they stopped working on Saul. <laughs> I hope not. Season five premiere twenty twenty. Oh wow! Doesn't okay. say anything else. Yeah, it's not that far away though. Yep. Uh, I guess ten episodes they can do in one season, as opposed to crossing two seasons. But yeah, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else in between Saul and Westworld. Probably not. And then, and then we did the Deuce, and then we kind of just kept it rolling from there. Thrones. 
<laughs> Y'all, it was so funny. Uh, I was listening to the Aaron Rodgers interview on Levitard and he was talking about Game of Thrones because he was on it and he was like talking about like just the ending. And I totally had about like five minutes during the interview where I was like, I forgot who won. Like, wow. I was just like, it was such like an anticlimactic like experience for me. I think this entire last season that I was just like, I, I like didn't remember until like after like during the interview I was like wait was it Sansa at the end and then I was like oh wait no it was Bran like five minutes later like I was I just completely like uh, <laughs> I just didn't realize how much I disliked this season of Game of Thrones crazy, I just like yeah. purged it from my mind no 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 I've seen that in real life Maze you better fire it up dude drive your fucking Wally bird the whole world is in the power of the evil one, the devil. And the media that he uses to control the world is television. Network, a nuanced discussion about television that captures our imaginations. I'm your host, Anthony Mays, and I'm joined by Jake Hoy and Eden Liu. This week, we're nibbling on cashews the size of boomerangs and $75 Cobb salads at our Jesties, which is the location for Succession Episode 6, some kind of bougie-ass tech conference <laughs> or something up in the mountains with tons of other rich douchebags, and the cold open puts us on a jet, circling the runways with 400 other planes, looking for a landing spot. Logan, there's... So, in this episode, I would like to address mm. some subtext, because we mm. spend so much time cool. on the surface in this show. Yeah. So, yeah. right off right. the bat, let's talk about Logan's health, which <laughs> seems to make a return in this episode. There's his general deflated demeanor after such a high high last week where he gets his way he he does it his way he's much more conciliatory this episode he's just trying to get this over with but he's shift but he's super agitated and anxious yeah yeah so that plays a part as well that that scene in the plane that you're talking about, he puts that all on Kendall and he goes out and puts it all on right. the guys working on the deal. You know, like he's like, fuck, fuck. Everything's fuck. We're circling this fucking airport for an hour. Oh, I love the yeah. line where he was like, if I find out some tech asshole landed before yeah, he did, totally. I'm gonna kill him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so um yeah, I did. There's a high amount of stress going on in the uh, the Roy clan overall. So you think it's more the the nerves than like the altitude or like possibly his deteriorating health? Yeah, I was I was reading it more. For example, when he throws up, yeah, in that critical moment, I think altitude could play a factor in that. But I think overall, it was it was stress on what might be a fragile system. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I read that scene 
as him being particularly agitated because I personally, I throw up as a stress response. Like when mm-hmm. I'm stressed out, like my body often, it just feels like something needs to be expelled. And often it's nothing. It's just stomach acid. But like I do throw up as a stress response. So it's like, I definitely read that as just like, he just got super overwhelmed. I honestly didn't even think about like the health factor that much, except for like, it felt like an excuse, but like now that I'm reflecting on it, I don't know. It could be a little bit of both, I guess. I just think the most effective thing to do in this show would be to kill Logan extremely suddenly. Mm. Mm, except that we'd lose the actor. Right. So for, there's, there's the there's the production <laughs> element where you're like, okay, this, you know, he's so crucial to the plot arcs that they're going to keep him around probably for another season or two or three. God only knows. But when he goes, I want him to go immediately because I don't I don't want another like drawn out hospital episode. I want there to be like immediate chaos that throws the whole family into flux. But it's just interesting because he's been so rock solid since Mm -hmm. last season. Yeah. And so any sign of weakness, Mm -hmm. you know, raises my antenna a little bit. I want to know what's going on. But I think that was crucial the weakness was crucial to the the story unfolding in this episode, right? Because his he's typically unflappable, angered, uh, aggressive, but typically in control. And right away, this episode lets us know that things are beyond his control. He can't just force them to let let them land for example right you know he can't force nan to sign the deal right now there's so many things that are spiraling away from their control and showing that brute force isn't always going to work you know and when that doesn't work out for him he's kind of at a loss as we see come to a tremendously extreme end in this episode. Yeah. So like you mentioned, Logan dispatches Kendall to bully the team working on the actual deal who are of course cordoned off into a much more cramped area of the plane. There's Kendall's you pour the shit I'm pouring on you on your fucking minions and you ride them speech, which is (laughs) classic Kendall here. He's pretty awkward, but trying his hardest to be intimidating and Logan's just too tired to to scream at people right now. So he sends Kendall to do it. And the tone of the episode is really set with this cold open with Logan's mentality, as well as just the entire Roy clan here. They're, they're nervous about this trip. Meanwhile, Shiv is left on the bench with Frank and she's being extremely pouty about it. She's about to walk out, but then the cruise scandal scandal starts to break. But yet again, Another one of these kids, it's like trying to avoid doing the actual work. Exactly. I was I was really yeah. disappointed with with her reaction to this and the way that the episode totally shifted in her favor after this open was was another disappointment to me. I'm like, really? She's going to be rewarded for. Yeah, I was not a fan of how that played out just because like I'm kind, I guess I'm kind of conflicted about her right now because like. I I wanted to root for her at the beginning of the season, but now she's kind of being a dick. And like, she doesn't like, just, you said, like she said, she doesn't, she wants to skip steps. And it's kind of like, I can't figure out exactly what the fuck she wants because like, she doesn't want to do anything her dad asks her to, but she also (laughs) like 
can't do anything because she doesn't have the experience. So it's like, just what gives? Top like, spot. Yeah. You know? Like, I kind of don't like that, though. Like, I can't root for her like that. No. Yeah, I've been out on Shiv for a few episodes now. Thank you for coming over to my side, Eden. <laughs> appreciate it. The bandwagon is picking gotcha. up speed here. <laughs> But another subtextual thing that I think we should talk about is the whole Logan offering Shiv the spot uh, conversation that happened in episode one or two. Was that just a move by Logan to get Shiv out of politics? To kind of quiet her down because she was a nuisance to him before? Was it all a move on his part or does he actually consider her the successor? I don't know if she necess- he necessarily considers her as the successor, but he does seem to like want to involve her, like in the business sometime. Yeah, I but don't know. I mean, it's this just was like the they're misaligned on how they want how she wants to be involved. Seemingly, it could very well be what you said. You know, a ploy to get her back under his thumb. Um, I mean, she is a resource to him on the one hand, but it doesn't seem like he has any intention of handing over the company in the first place. Right. Because he's planning to just run it until he dies. Yeah. Yeah, it just gets at this bigger question, which is how Machiavellian is Logan? Like you were asking last week about the whole Naomi thing, if he actually did know about her history and that she would be there and all that stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. We don't really have many clues into that. To me, it kind of seems like he's so headstrong that he doesn't have time to be calculating. But maybe he is this calculating genius, and maybe that will be revealed at some point. Well, and, and, you know, this show withholds so much. You know, there's these time jumps that are unclear. It's unclear what's happened uh, in the span of time that we don't see on the show. Um, there's so much secretive dealings. Um, they're just the show just withholds so much information. We can't have a clear sense. And I feel like we can only assume that Logan is to a great extent trying to put the pieces in the right place. Now, whether that's going to be effective remains to be seen and whether he can survive this turmoil is it's hard to imagine. I mean, it's, I guess the rest of the way is going to be how do they survive this and how do they not get taken over? It's hard to imagine there's a show in which they get taken over because what would they do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? everyone, would, everyone would become Connor and get into well, hyper decanting and running for president. <laughs> it's a different kind of show. I mean, it's not like they're going to be kept on in any capacity. So the Roys arrive at Argestes. They're greeted with badges and pamphlets full of douchey activities like the Airbus culture hike. All the enemies are here. Sandy's here. Stewie's here. Larry from Valter's around, even though he doesn't talk in this episode. We see Rhea. Roman is... Roman calls uh, Kendall for scanning for influence like a yuppie RoboCop. (laughs) Greg is extremely excited to have possibly touched Bill Gates. And Tom immediately probes him for his current status in the hierarchy of the conference. He wants to know about his room. He wants to know what hike he's on. And then Tom approaches Logan about his speech. And Logan couldn't care less. But he uses them as a human shield so he doesn't bump into the syphilis-ridden Sandy... (laughs) <laughs> which Tom calls the MySpace of STDs. Such a good line. <laughs> it's such a great moment. Like Tom trying to make small talk <laughs> with the big boss, you know. 
And Logan's just looking right through him at Sandy. <laughs> Didn't listen to a word he said. <laughs> just ignoring the hell out of him. There's another new character, Hugo, who's played by Fisher Stevens, who's been brought along this trip and pulls pulls Logan aside to brief him, Kendall, and Jerry on the cruises scandal that is breaking at New York Magazine within the next 24 to 48 hours. This is when Shiv calls in like a hot mess from a coffee shop. <laughs> her hands <laughs> totally full, like trying to get into her bathroom so she can take this call. She criticizes Logan and she recognizes that this story will sink the Pierce deal. And then we get into this routine of Kendall and Shiv completely disagreeing about stuff. Kendall wants to intimidate. Shiv wants to cooperate in order to delay. Priority is to close Pierce before the story breaks. Jerry says the word legally and Logan just steamrolls her. <laughs> Jerry always trying to sneak ethics and morals into these conversations and just having no luck with it. Logan also wants to lock down some new money, a white knight, and Jerry recommends Roman over Tom, which is, you know, two terrible choices. <laughs> right there. Lesser of two evils, yeah. You only have so many people on the, the travel roster, right? <laughs> Logan wants to fly Shiv out. She says she doesn't want to be the face, and then Logan hangs up on her angrily. Tom is on his Airbus cultural and leadership walk when Greg comes running up and interrupts him. Sorry, Tom? Tom? Hey. Hey, buddy. Hey, problem. Uh, you're not picking up? Dude, this sorry, is sorry. a great group. You did good. It's like I've fallen into a barrel of deal tips. Yeah. So, so there's a thing about your talk. Um, talk? Yes. Uh, when it got circulated, uh, legal and comms wanted you to be aware that maybe we shouldn't go with uh, ATN, we're listening. Oh, okay. I mean, I really do like we're listening. It sounds like, I mean, it sounds like we're listening. No, sure. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it's just um, there's apparently in the EPG on the set-top boxes, the voice activation mode, uh, it does, um, like, there's a gray area in terms of our data collection so that we are kind of like, uh, we, we actually are listening. We're listening? It's complicated, but but yeah, it seems that we are sometimes uh, listening quite aggressively. We are listening? Yeah, but it's just to like maximize the user experience. But if that was to break, maybe... Oh, fuck! So, yeah. So uh, the question is, is it a smart thing for you to be saying we're listening when, you, when we are indeed listening? Why was I not aware of this? Well, it's basically legal, the guy said. But he didn't want to put that in an email, so... So what am I going to call it now? I don't know. Maybe uh, uh, they suggested we hear you. Is that any better? We tested this, Greg. Hot damn. <laughs> this whole little side quest for these two was Beautiful. pretty amusing yeah. in this I episode. Greg. Gregory. Gregory? Yeah. <laughs> did he, did he, is he already bailing on that? Is he not pushing the Gregory <laughs> anymore after one episode? I was just like, man, it's refreshing to have his bumbling ass back. There's a weird little moment here where Logan checks in with Marsha to see if she's on his side if bad news comes out. I didn't, it didn't it's like struggling to get Marsha involved still. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I guess really hard. Whatever, whatever tension happened at that dinner seems to have dissipated. Yeah, they seem pretty all good. They're, they're pecking in public and stuff now, so that's cool. Jerry sends Roman after Edward. Asgarov and his human rights activist loafers as a backup plan to the Pierce deal. And then Logan, the old rhino, is walking with Rhea, the flighty little sparrow. 
He tells her he wants to close the deal tomorrow. Kendall runs into Stewie. So good to have Stewie back. And he can't help but brag about an acquisition. And Stewie jokes that it's Napster, which I thought was great. What a dumb move on Kendall's part. What he's always doing the wrong thing. He just can't help his ego sometimes. He's only human. And he does that whole thing. He's like, as a friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, what? And Stewie sees right through it. He's like, I can't trust you, dude. What are you thinking? <laughs> Tom and Greg continue to banter about a new slogan, and their intellects unite to come up with, we here for you. <laughs> Greg says, it's good because it's like, it's not exactly clear what the hell it means. So lots of wiggle room. Just definitely what you want out of a, a new slogan. Well, the great thing was early on when Tom was telling him how great we're listening had yeah. tested and Logan backs him off like, it tested okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, it tested fine. It was great. Yeah. the best of whatever you came up with, <laughs> which wasn't much. And they said, I think at one point that they tested it for like a month. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they tested it for a long time because Tom's all butthurt that he has to change it. Okay, so that means we're at least we're at least four weeks out from the previous episode. Not necessarily. It just that just means that's what Tom's been doing. Could have been happening during the day. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right, because it was really a response to um, the Nazi. Uh, Yeah, the Nazi guy. He had that bizarre name, Vanguard, or what the hell was his name? There's something very white. Uh, the name of the Nazi dude. It kept throwing me off because I didn't think it was a name at first. I know, I thought it was yeah, a company like I was Walter. Super <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I literally can't come up with it. I know, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's gone. Raven? Anyway, it was Mark, Raven. Something Raven? It was a oh, reaction Ravenhead? to him. Ravenhead. Ravenhead. Yeah. Yeah, see? It's a company. Yeah, it sounded like it's company. <laughs> yeah. So Roman approaches Edward, who is king shit pig at this conference. They do blow in the bathroom. Edward wants his own independent positive news from the Baku perspective. On his way out, Greg bumps into Edward and says, big fan of all your money, before hitting up Roman for the old cocaine. And then Roman uses him as a towel. Oh, man. More Gregory. I love Greg. Tom is bragging and flirting with Nia Baton when he is busted in the act by Shiv, who informs him of the pending cruises scandal. And Wom's Gams, without fail, turns it on himself. Are are they scapegoating me? Is the piece about me? <laughs> well, he has right to worry. After what they did to him at the dinner. <laughs> For once, you're right, yes. For once, it is actually could be about him. But he's such a, such a relentless narcissist. It really is impressive. Jerry and Rhea have called Shiv for her bulletproof tits. And Tom and Shiv review the finer points of their arrangement relationship. And Tom sort of stands up for himself, but not really. (laughs) He tries. Roman comes to see Jerry late at night, but it's not for what you think. He's actually proposing his fantasy of a team-up where Jerry continues to do all of the work and Roman gets to be the face. You know, right now... If, you know, if anything happens to him, you're on the piece of paper as the next ruler of the kingdom. Mm, I think I've been made well aware of how unlikely it is that will transpire. Sure, right. But you know how you're so 
efficient and good at your job. Well, thank you. But also sort of like invisible, like wallpaper, like a boring old sort of nothing, like a competent kind of clever filing cabinet that everyone seems content to have around. Uh-huh. And I'm like a fucking rock star moron. Right. I mean, obviously, these are our public profiles, not our true essences. I have thoughts, but continue. Well, just floating, like, is there an angle here for a team-up? Like, me, kind of a Jagger Tarzan, fronting things up and swinging through trees with my little dick, singing and killing shit, and you, back home, cooking us soup and making sure the numbers are right. Huh? Rock star and the mole woman? Wow, you're really selling me. But it would be chair and CEO, or CEO and chair. And you will get properly, fuck you, fuck you. I don't even care about climate change. I'm a New Zealand with my own private army rich. Not like some pathetic asshole beach house on the vineyard rich. It's late. Off you go. Thanks, mole woman. Thanks, Rockstar. Night, night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In whatever capacity works. Jagger Tarzan. How did he come up with that? His <laughs> his ghostwriter is working overtime. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't know who Best Mick Jagger is. Well, he would know who Mick Jagger is. But him fancying himself a Mick Jagger is a whole other issue. <laughs> 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 I live my life in a Rolling Stones frontman kind of way. <laughs> he, he did assign himself a tiny little dick, though. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Self-aware. <laughs> Nan Pierce arrives full of disdain for the conference in order to sit down with Logan and Kendall. Hugo warns them the piece could go up at any point. Uh, this is a, There's another little moment here where Logan's sensitive to the heat and Kendall's going to turn off the heat lamps, but then Logan says he's not in, an, in a wheelchair. So another little health yeah, moment. Yeah. He is fragile. They're about to bail from the meeting, but Nan and Rhea arrive. Logan tries to cut to the chase when Nan is expecting an apology. Kendall is constantly refreshing his phone until the story breaks. Nan asks for another, like, bonus thing to be built into the deal. Logan's getting impatient. Rhea urges Nan to sign the letter of intent, and Nan gives Rhea a look. And we talked a little bit last episode about how Rhea was kind of overplaying her hand at that dinner, and that continued in this episode. Yep. Yeah, and, and Nan's finally getting hip to it. Shit, I mean, yeah. Well, the, you know, it's they're one-on-one now as opposed to before there was the whole family there and mm-hmm, a little more right. going on, but here she's able to really zero in on Rhea. Then there's a meeting to discuss the article, which uh, I love the little thing of Logan only wanting to read a hard copy and then immediately throwing it down and asking for the cliff notes. Yes. <laughs> that was a perfect moment. Shiv makes fun of all of their reading levels. Roman can't see what's bad about it, and Shiv says she's not a grope Geiger counter. Turns out that our friend Uncle Mo Lester is the main culprit (laughs) here, but the article is lacking in cold hard facts. They argue about how to handle it. Once again, Shiv and Kendall take opposite stances. Whatever goodwill had been built up between them two episodes ago when he crashed onto her shoulder just seems to be gone completely. They seem utterly adversarial at this point. Well, it could, Uh, like, I mean, 
I don't know I mean, how realistic it is to actually compartmentalize relationships, but like mm-hmm. she was being there for him, like as a sister in that moment, mm-hmm. like when, when yeah, he cried on his shoulder, but like, this is like a business setting. So but remember I the critical line there was, it's not going to be me. That's and, true. Yeah. And, it, and, and keep a place for me. Right. You know, so yeah, you would it think would be a sense you would, of understanding. Yeah. The, the logic would dictate that he'd rather have her than Roman that's ascend true. to the top spot, right? I mean, that's just me going. No, I, moron. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he is. <laughs> She's at least intelligent, doesn't make all the right decisions, but has a wealth of intelligence right. in She's terms of the Roy yeah. clan. And she can actually you know. do the job. Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. Like, yeah. A better shot than Roman. Right. <laughs> she can, she seems yeah. like she could be able to go through a management training program or something. And, well, you and would think, <laughs> but she's also too late. Yeah. It turns out she'd rather go to a coffee shop and maybe look for her next conquest. So they all are burdened by the same issues, but she definitely has more natural intelligence. Yeah. Um, so it's just strange that... I mean, again, unless there's a bigger play at work here, you know, and he's just doing his bit to manipulate things in his favor, as is each of them. Did we really get Kendall's reaction to Shiv announcing herself at the dinner? He didn't, like, Roman was completely shattered, but Kendall... Not clear. Mm, yeah. Because he just, he just ran off and did drugs, right? Yeah, like, he didn't clear. Yeah. He didn't react. So it's it's unclear how he feels about that. But just every time they've been put in a business conference scenario, they are always disagreeing. Every single yeah. time. They completely yeah. disagree. I mean, he's constantly reminding her that she doesn't work for the company. Right. Yeah, that's that's his go-to move, for well, sure. Her, and her opinion doesn't matter. Uh, right. I'm sorry, Shiv. Well, what do you do here again? <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> So Logan decides that he wants to condemn and move on, which is Shiv's stance. And they shift gears to the upcoming panel. Jerry proposes Shiv, but Shiv is playing hard to get. And then as they walk out, people start canceling meetings with Logan. Stewie approaches Kendall and gloats and delivers the line of the episode, I thought, which is, I guess if you did have something going on, you know, like deal wise, it's kind of like dead in the water now, right? Like some of the women that went on those cruises. <laughs> so funny. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Miss yeah, Stewie. Give me the that Stewie. Yeah. Well, at least when he shows up, he delivers. Right. That's true. <laughs> right. He's always on <laughs> in oh, the limited role that he's been given. Logan asks Jamie, so it turns out that his name is Jamie Laird, which I think is funny because I thought it was Jamie or Laird, but it's Jamie Laird. <laughs> and he, he asks Jamie to speak to Rhea. Jamie proposes Shiv instead. Suddenly Shiv is this like cure-all in this episode for every problem they have. It's like, oh, Shiv, could, Shiv should do it. Shiv can do it. And I just, that reversal was so fast. <laughs> it's like she was on the outs at the beginning of the episode and, and now, now she's, she's just the yeah. all-purpose cure. That's when Logan suddenly pukes. So Shiv goes to Rhea's cabin. She compares the cruises scandal to farting on a dance floor. <laughs> Shiv sniffs out Rhea's personal attachment to this deal. Rhea says, dead girls, boats, eh, it's unpleasant on the tongue. And then Rhea tells Shiv that Nan is coming to the panel, urges her to get briefed and do the panel. We cut to the, the waiting room. 
before the the panel and hugo is briefing roman on the three r's regret responsibility and remedy so that they can condemn and move on during the panel shiv shows up nine minutes before they go on stage forces her way in logan asks hugo for his thoughts hugo says it's difficult and logan replies oh it's difficult oh i'm sorry buddy would you like a hand job on an Advil? fuck off then <laughs> Shaban say Kendall and Roman squabble and Logan decides to send all three out there. Shaban say We see the end of Tom's really awful speech that no oh, one gives a fuck man. about. Oh, worst TED talk ever. <laughs> news is new. <laughs> news is new. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It, he's he's so brutal. Wom's games. He's really oh just disaster. Somebody should have actually written him a speech. Probably was written. He probably has more writers than than, than Roman's ghostwriter. You know, he's got a whole uh, team of people coming up with that garbage. And then the, this panel happens and I it was tough to comprehend. It seemed like it went really terribly. Yeah. Everyone's contradicting each other, stepping over uh, each other, not really answering the questions. But apparently Shiv killed it somehow. Well, the beauty was the same way they treat each other in the back rooms was the same way they were treating each other on the on panel. stage. Yeah. You know, they didn't nothing changed in terms of the family dynamic and they didn't hold anything back, which is a bad look in any situation especially in public especially on a video yeah i don't know it looked like a complete disaster to me if anything salvaged minimally by shivs but it certainly didn't look like any kind of corrective measure to the problem at hand kendall starts it off by being exceedingly creepy by saying that he's exceedingly easy to get and then cuts off Shiv and presses his own agenda by saying they don't want to condemn and move on, which, if I understand correctly, was the only thing that they talked about the entire time up to that point. Shiv tries to deflect the blame from the corporation onto the indecency of humanity, I guess. Kendall fumbles awkwardly, and then Shiv contradicts herself by saying just because it did happen 25 years ago is not a reason to simply condemn and just move on. So they say the, the key phrase again... We've got Logan anxiously looking over his shoulder at Nan. Roman chimes in with the <laughs> incredibly valuable, we'll do whatever anyone wants. <laughs> and then Shiv insinuates that the company needs new blood, meaning herself, and calls her dad a dinosaur. I know. All the thing that was missing was Tom coming out to say, we here for you. <laughs> <laughs> Tom says that Shiv shimmered. Which is just some nice assonance. But did she shimmer? Like, I, I didn't get it. Like, And then yeah. she apologizes for cock-blocking him and says that it actually made her attracted to him and they seem to be in a good place. Great. Uh, Logan is furious at Shiv, but takes it out on Roman, smacking him in the face and knocking out a tooth. It was too much, Shivan. Dinosaurs? Uh yeah, it was over the line. Shiv went over the line. Oh, I, I think it was pretty clear that I was oh, talking no, about... Oh, no, no, it was clear, yeah. You tortured the old dinosaur. You barbecued him live, hmm? Don't hey. fuck with hey. me! Hey! No! Don't okay, fucking touch well. him! It's okay. It's Dad, no! played well, okay? Uh-huh. Where does it played well? It's okay. Bro, are you okay? Here. Okay. You all right? You all right? Yeah, I'm fucking fine. Fucking, I'm fine. Mm. Just a tooth. I'll get another one. 
this led to the standout moment of the episode for me, which is Kendall just leaping to Roman's defense and getting in Logan's face. Yeah. And that brings up one of the biggest subtext questions, which is how abusive is Logan to his children and how much of their fucked upness is his fault, <laughs> which is yeah. all of it. All, all of it. Yeah. That was a striking moment for the sudden violence, which we're not really used to in this show. Yeah. Um, we're used to a different kind of violence <laughs> and it was explosive and seeing Kendall jerked out of his cat catatonic state. I mean, he's been less catatonic these past couple of episodes, but he was really it's still pretty in robot res- form. Responsive yeah. in that moment. And the protective older brother jumping in to, to help his younger brother. And it felt like something that's been going on, you know, their whole lives in its way. Yes, right. Yes. It was, it was the first time we've seen it, but it felt yeah. like it had happened before. Well, oh, especially that- like how instinctively like exactly. Kendall reacted. Like it was like, it was like instant. It was like, no, you don't fucking don't touch him. Like hit him, so right? fast. Don't yeah. touch him. Like, yeah, it's like, like he's clearly done this before. We've like, been here before. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, you were half expecting, remember the police came last time. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the things that maybe keeps them together is their shared victimhood. Yeah, it was oddly sweet. It was very intense. It, it was a very memorable moment in this show. And I think the writing and the acting, you know, we're feeling all of that below the words. Yeah, it felt completely authentic, too, which was unusual. Because yeah. the show's all about this kind right. of fantasy world. Yeah, um, Everything is so big and yet that moment felt so true even even roman's response where he immediately wanted to get away from it and put it down and shove it away and yeah it's and like nothing, just dismiss you know? it right. what, yeah, yeah completely dismissive of what happened I like felt, it's just a tooth no big deal guys like yeah like don't don't look at me you know yeah like don't, don't make a don't, big deal out of this yeah like, i don't want a spotlight for this uh and he loves the spotlight so yeah. um yeah, it was a really remarkable moment. I was surprised, to be honest, that they put music on it right away. Mm. Did you notice that? Yeah. I found that kind of strange. It, it, like, it, they, they let the score subsume the actual sound of the scene. And I, lo- I love the score of the show. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they didn't linger. They didn't linger in it. That's for no. sure. Because they, they pretty much immediately cut away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, but it was, it was such a sudden arresting moment yeah, in the it really show. Was. It really stuck with me. In a riveting scene, to, uh, the whole show, like the last one and like three, you know, just you're riveted throughout because you're, you're just, I guess you're waiting for that moment of explosive something or other, you know, and it, it's been building. Right. And you might be expecting it against Shiv. Especially in this episode where, like we said at the beginning, it was just was just so tense from the get-go. Everybody's wound up as tight as they can be. So poor Roman here, you know, it, it's possible that his father has hit him many times before publicly. Uh, we know about the, the dog cage thing that was alluded to. We know about his fucked up sexuality and dabbling in necrophilia so really roman 
is kind of sneakily becoming a sympathetic character just because he seems to have taken the most abuse out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's probably abuse and neglect, being the youngest. The youngest yeah. child syndrome, yeah. So that's like explains why he acts the way he does. So and like definite intimacy issues. Self-loathing. Yeah. And the constant need for attention. Yeah. So our Justice closes out with the roast, and the Roys become the focal point of Zell Simmons' stand-up routine. <laughs> did you th- did you think this guy was funny, or <laughs> it was kind of a weird setting? Yeah, it, it, but you know what? It, it totally worked because it's like you know it's the Oscar treatment, you know, in that setting. Right. Mm-hmm. Where they start yeah. going after the attendees. And what if that hadn't been in play, it would be much more playful and, and goofy. But he had something genuine to attack, which was, I'm sure, the buzz of the day. You know, if you were at that conference and a story like that came out, that would dominate the conversation because everybody loves to see their com- competition fail and their peers fail. Yeah, kind of more of the subtext in this episode was uh, the alleged chatter. We didn't really get any chatter, but no. it was implied that there was chatter about everything that happened oh, at, this, yeah. at this panel, at this conference. Because we don't see anything outside of the circle, you know, right. and uh, certainly nobody was, well, except for Stewie, right, talking yes. to Kendall. Yes. So, you know, everybody else was talking that way amongst themselves, and especially if they're canceling meetings. Yeah, like that that article drops and everybody at the whole Arjustees has probably read it within the hour. Oh, yeah. definitely. Uh, within 15 minutes, however long it took read <laughs> you know what well, I mean? if, if you read like shiv it's five minutes if you read like roman if it were a new york feature right and, and they put the, the the reading time at the top i'm guessing it was like seven to nine minutes long form journalism so nan gets upset at the roast she storms out logan chases after her he tells stewie to fuck himself on the way out real quick he tells Nan that it's a tempest in a tea kettle. Relax, I drink them by the pint. I love that line. <laughs> and the family has given Nan executive power. She's going to refuse the deal. That's when she really turns on Rhea and asks for her resignation before leaving a desperate Logan shouting out in the cold that she drives away. And the Roys are back in trouble. This Pierce deal is closed for now, probably forever. Yeah. I guess we're going to jump into this whole... Edward White Knight billion dollar hose to the banks <laughs> angle through Roman. That might be a plot point, but we had to have some sort of conflict in the middle of the season. This is episode six, so everything can't be going perfectly. Uh, do we do we think we close this Pierce deal, or do we think that they find another way out? I feel like Nan is out, out, man. Like I don't know that there's any coming back from that. And my issue with their approach is like, so Logan is, you know, stubborn, old, headstrong Logan, but like, clearly that's like, doesn't jive with Nan and how she operates. And it's just like from starting from last episode, like his unwillingness to budge and like just him, this whole episode pushing, pushing, pushing. And it's like, she, like, especially when they met for lunch earlier, it was like, this clearly wasn't 
what she had in mind for the pace of how she wanted things to go. And like, I didn't really like personally, it's just like, if I was in that situation, it's like, I kind of feel like it's obvious that like you doing things your way is not going to like get you the results you want, even though it did get him the results he wanted last time. But like, yeah, I found this to be the most confusing part of the episode in as much as he said straight up, this is the price tag attached to it happening fast. And now if we're, let's say, a month later, he has every reason to wonder why this deal isn't done yet. That that was the reason he went to $25 billion. And it's hard. It wasn't ever – I don't think it was clear to me what, what – what the holdup was like, where were they getting? I, I didn't understand any well, of the things like they were saying. The, the break you, fee, the break yeah, fee, the break was fee like, like, I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, I'm like, I don't even know what that is. But and he's like, like we'll pay it. The, he's like, we'll pay it. So, yeah, so, so then you're like, okay. <laughs> but like, I, yeah, I guess like, I don't know if I just like didn't really understand the business behind what happened, but like, I don't know. It just like seemed very clear when they met, when Logan and Nan met for lunch earlier in the episode, that's just like, she was not. Like she was already feeling the pressure and she was already like, this isn't what I'm here for. Like, I'm not here to, for you to apply this pressure on me and get what you want. Like, I thought that was very clear. But she did show, you know, so, uh, yeah, you know, she did point. come, she got yeah. on a plane to a conference she wasn't going but to attend. Like she wanted, she wanted, like, I feel like it was a test that he failed because it was like, she wanted him to treat her like, I guess with some like just like a little bit more respect than he's like, cause he's not yeah. really showing her that much respect, like not respecting her pace at, to like that. Mm-hmm. She wants to take things slower. Like she's there's hold up on her. And even though she's not being clear about what it is, whatever, but it's like, like, I feel like it might've been like, it was like, she was testing him to see if this was some like, if like, I feel like it was like, he was going to like, she was going to test to see if he was going to give her any reason to back out. And he did. And that the cruises thing didn't help either, but like, just also his, uh, like, especially like, I feel like that last scene when Logan's like chasing after her in the car, like that was yeah, so yeah. uncomfortable. No, like, I'm with you. I mean, there's no coming it, back like, from that. Like he's like, so like that was such a pathetic scene on his part. Like, oh, yeah. like oh, mel- total meltdown. It was a tantrum. Yeah. yeah. Through a temper tantrum. It's like throughout this whole episode of you trying to bully your way into getting what you want. Like now you're like fucking melting down because like it, because you fucked up. Like I have no sympathy for it though. I mean, that stuff makes the gossip columns, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like that. He made a fucking scene. Like how do you come back from that? And, and, you know, it goes to her point when she sits down at the table or I forget it was Nana or Ray, like, oh, good. Right in front of everybody, you know, like they didn't didn't even like secret them into some private room. Oh, good. Let's just sit in the corner on the patio where everybody is. And it's like that, you know, it happens again when he's chasing her literally through the out, out front of the whole complex. Yeah. Um, He's just completely broke. Yeah, I think the specifics of two enormous corporations like this, an acquisition like this, it would take a significant amount of time. This probably is it would as fast as they can yeah. go. And yeah. I bet that he's just fed up with all this ticky tack bullshit. And that's why he's so conciliatory. And he's like, we'll pay the break fee. We'll give you the bonus. You know, he's willing to do whatever. And right. it's he's trying to get it done. Even without this cruise story breaking, he just wants it over with. Right. And I don't think that the Pierces were 
trying to avoid closing the deal, they were probably their people are probably just more thorough. No, they're fastidious. You know, they're just going by the book the way they would do anything, right? Yeah. With with consideration and care. I mean, I didn't get the impression that they were stalling deliberately on any level. They were just right. going by the normal protocols, which he's trying to eschew for some reason. Um, well, we know the reason. Yeah. But um, it, it even struck me as Rayo was like, well, can we just sign the letter of intent? And I'm like, well, what good is that going to do in the face yeah. of this story? You know, I mean, it's not gonna, that's not legally binding. Yeah, and then... The whole Rhea thing coming to a head in this episode is probably more of the last straw than even the cruises thing. Because oh, yeah. when Nan has this secret call with the rest of yeah, the Pierces, definitely. I'm sure she's furious about the Rhea aspect Absolutely. of it. That betrayal was, I think, worse than worse than the cruise scandal for sure. Like, do we? What was Rhea's like agency though? in all of this not sure like okay i wasn't sure if i missed it there's that weird line about her dad working in an asbestos plant and i'm wondering if that's supposed to shade in her character as someone who just you know doesn't care about anybody's health or rights or anything but just like only the bottom line yeah i mean the only thing i mean because she makes a boatload as a ceo i mean so she must have some stake in a sale that's so great she's just can't help herself yeah money wins is what you're saying right yeah <laughs> but yeah i, I agreed and Rhea kind of blows it here pretty hard the last two yeah, episodes it just didn't seem like she's someone that's very good at her job if 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 you know that's how it went down and if the pierces and the roys walk away from this deal and Rhea gets canned yeah exactly. <laughs> great job dude <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> well she can always take tom's job <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, we're here for you, Jake. Let's let's take it straight to the top. Uh, the last thing I wanted to speculate on a bit in terms of subtext would be the Shiv and Tom relationship. Um, there's something from season one that I don't know if we've talked about, which is it's kind of alluded to that when she met Tom, she was at rock bottom. We don't really know what that means for Shiv, what type of rock bottom that was. Yeah. But she was a more vulnerable, more desperate person when she met Tom. And I just think that kind of colors in their relationship. And yeah. while I don't think that this show will do a flashback like the Righteous Gemstones did so well this week. What's up, Cool Breeze? Heard you ain't too happy about this kid coming either. Yeah? I ain't gonna let it get me down, though. I got plans. Strategies I might pull off. Strategies? Yeah. Run away, join WWF, become a bad guy. Well, that's an option. I got a couple of cold beers in my pocket now. You want one? Won't I get in trouble? Not if nobody don't find out. Let me see that Pepsi can now. Come out over here. Give this to old baby Billy. This right here is a silver bullet. All the way from Colorado. Kids in France, they drink all the time. People in America got it backwards. Fine to show violence on TV, but it's somebody's backside or a, a woman's beautiful set of titties. Why, well, you can't show that now. Cheers. Yeah. Mmm. Ain't nothing wrong with you having a little drink. Well, Daddy must be a tough man to live with. He is. Yeah. Well, 
It's only gonna get worse when this other kid shows up. Him stressed out all the time, cussing, yelling at everybody. Ooh, ooh, I don't envy you now. Great. Listen to me, I need to shut the fuck up is what I need to do. <laughs> Here you are drinking beer, and I'm speaking truth. I mean, you like to get the courage to do something now. Like what? Well, make him look like a fool. When I was a kid, your age, I used to get so mad at my dad, I'd get so mad at him. Wait till he got around his friends. I start mouthing off, make him look like an idiot, like just a stupid fool. What I did—that's just me now. You know what, Uncle Baby Billy? It's a good idea. You want a little more cold beer? Yeah. Sitting next to this pond, it's like a beach party now. Oh, yeah. Tilt it back, shotgun it now. Get on in there. That's the Satan juice right there. Jesse James and Billy the Kid. I wonder if we will ever get more information on the past. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like it would help us out, but I don't think that they are going to do that. time for it, yeah. Or even if there's, like, a reason to. Like, if they don't need to develop their relationship further. They could tell the story, I suppose, but I can't imagine a flashback. I kind of, I kind of thought that Shiv and Tom making up was cute, though. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I did. Like, because he's like, just like when he was like, yeah, you know, like, she was like, maybe I was a little jealous. Like, finally admitting to something, like, real. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was cute that they kind of, like, kissed and made up. It seemed genuine. It felt genuine. But they're kissing and making up over her, t- like, encouraging him to go after other women, even though he's so head over heels in love with her he just wants her to be exclusive to him right yeah yeah it's it's, it's a weird little like masochistic like self-subjected i found the i miss you a little you know emotionless i missed you right to close (laughs) out that club conversation right you're going to you're going to hook up with somebody at the coffee shop shop. you didn't want to you didn't want to you didn't want to do your actual work i like you read that that Shiv just bails out of a day of following Frank around to go troll for ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on the TV Book Club. We'll see you next week for another excellent episode of Succession. 